And so today's message, I want to title um, The Kingdom's Minimum Wage. The Kingdom's Minimum Wage. And say it now, the Kingdom's Minimum Wage. Uh, so who has ever been in the place where they said, you know what, I wish I had a little bit more money or another job or more clients or, you know, just... Everybody's been there, eh? Everybody's been at that place like, I wish I just had a little bit more. Am I right? And when you get it, you're grateful. How about you're grateful? And you're thankful until you get used to it and then you want more. <laughs> but initially, if you get a pay rise or, I don't know, the crop was good this, this year or um, business was good during Christmas or all the valleys came down and spent money at your shop or whatever it might be. There's that increase and there's a gratefulness to that. Okay? You see, when we forget our gratefulness, we run into problems. Okay, so first of all, you all know that the Bible wasn't originally written in chapters and verses. You know that, eh? Okay, there was a guy called King James. He said, just like most of us, I'm not understanding what's going on in here. Because everything was just one thing after another after another. So he got a couple of clever people together. He said, listen, what I want you to do is put this book more or less in chronological order. Okay? And put it in verses and in chapters so I can understand. And if you make a mistake, I'll behead you. Okay? Because he ruled like a king, not like a president. Okay? So that's why we've got chapters and verses. But we sometimes lose a bit of the effect that the, that, that's there because we're reading in chapters and verses, chapters and verses. So I want you to go to chapter 19 of Matthew. The last verse is verse 30. All right? So a way of teaching, if you start off with a statement and you finish with a statement, everything in between is very important. Do you agree with that? Okay, this is what Jesus is doing. He's doing it specifically because he's talking to people like me. Van Randfontein, ne? Daar langs die brug. You know, some of you reckon the trap is done go all the way upstairs, ne? Okay? Some of you are in the same boat as me. The trap is done go all the way. All the pigs are not, not, is not there. Okay? Not the sharpest tool in the shed. Jesus was dealing with fishermen. Have you seen fishermen? Have you seen those oaks? Okay. Present company excluded now. <laughs> Somebody laugh. Please, please, please don't be so serious. Matthew 19 verse 30. But many who are first will be last and the last first. And now open Matthew 20 verse 16. So the last will be first and the first, for many are called, but few are chosen. Can you see that he's saying the same thing? So everything in between is very important. And he's conveying a message about his kingdom, the kingdom of God, which is invisible. And it's not one day in the by and by. We're not one day going to see the kingdom of God. You're supposed to see the kingdom of God here and now, even though it's invisible. He says you cannot see the kingdom of God unless you are born again. So if you cannot understand what I'm saying, 
if you cannot see the principles that I'm conveying, it is a sign that maybe, just maybe, you are not saved and born again. Because God says you won't be able to see it unless you are born again. That's very, that's very easy. That's easy math. That's grade one math. Everybody understand that math? Okay. Anybody feel uh, offended by that mathematics? Okay. Now what this Bible says is there is no book of opinions and there's no book of feelings. Okay. There's no book of feelings and no book of opinions. So we cannot speak from the book of opinions and the book of feelings. And nor can we be led by our feelings. Your feelings are true. Your feelings that you feel, the feelings, your emotions that you feel and experience, they are true. And they can be very good and they can be very hurtful. Okay? But 99% of the time, they are lying to you. They will mislead you. Because the flesh and the emotions will mislead you. Let me exp just give me a demonstration. How many times have you met somebody and felt, oh, I can trust this person? Yeah. Uh, just put up, just put up the hand. Okay. And then find the back, the knife. Et tu. Brutus. Ne. The knife in the back. What did your feelings do? It lied to you. It lied to you. Oh, you felt this is the right thing to do. Or this is, and then it fails. How many has been in that boat? Just. Am I, I said, please, uh, please, oh, there's people that's not been in that boat. Am I, I don't want to go alone, you know. Because like, I've been in that boat many a time. Many a time. Now, the English, the way I've got to know the English on the south coast, yeah, the Kapiti people, is that they will not give you an opportunity to prove yourself. They expect you to prove yourself before you get an opportunity. Why? Because they've learned, and that's the way their hearts are, is that I'm not, I'm going to what? Check you out. Now, my wife is one of those people as well. She will just look at you up, and she's like a cat in a tree. She's checking you out. Coconauching you all the way. Looking, 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 looking. And she will decide whether she trusts you or not. Now, this guy in front of you, I'm wired the other way. I'll give you an opportunity to prove yourself. Are you hearing the difference? You know, some people will treat you in this way. You need to prove yourself to get an opportunity. Me, I'm like this. I'll give you an opportunity to prove yourself. That causes a lot of hurt. It causes a lot of hurt. Why? Because a lot of people aren't trustworthy. Okay. A lot of people are not. They hurt. So, Jesus is trying to convey something about his kingdom to people. So he speaks in parables so that we can understand it. Finally, he says the educated idiot box because we all think we're so clever. Eh? Who understands the kingdom of God? Put up your hands. My point exactly. We don't. We battle to understand the kingdom of God. He's trying to convey something very important about the kingdom of God. Let's read this together. Matthew 20, verse 1. And then it starts off with the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, all the same thing. The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. So I'm seeing a farmer. That's what I'm seeing. Can you see a farmer? 
Okay? A landowner is a farmer. And a vineyard is a plantation or something, and he needs some guys to work in that. He can't do all the work by himself, can he now? Okay? What do we do, call that? If you go do, you call that delegated authority. I give you authority to mow the lawn. Now go mow the lawn. I give you authority to cut the cane. Now go cut the cane. I give you authority to look after the chickens, feed them. And now go do that and do it properly. Oh, but what must I do if there's no food? Okay, must I think for you too? Huh? Or are you going to make a plan? Hello? You need to be, one needs to be, in this instance, a fruitful and beneficial laborer. Okay, let's carry on. We're going to come back. We're going we're to loop around back to that. I'm thinking of a movie now. We'll, back, we'll come loop around that to that again. Now, when he had agreed with the laborers for a denarius a day, that's one day's labor, he sent them into the vineyard. And he went out about the third hour, that's 9 a.m., and saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said to them, you also go into the vineyard. And whatever is right, I will give you. So they went. And again, he went about the six. I want you to see something. Six, three, six, nine, eleventh hour. Punctuality is God's language. Punctuality is a kingdom. You cannot work in God's kingdom if you're five minutes late every time. It's not a good servant. Oh, but you hurt my feelings. What book are we in? The book of feelings. The book of emotions. The book of opinions. No, no, no. Can you see that? God is punctual. We must be like Him. Be punctual. I understand if you got a flat this morning. 100%. Everybody has a flat this morning. I understand if your alarm clock was sculpt. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> I understand that. Okay? And you battle to get up. That's 100%. We all can be tired. But I can't be tired every week. I can't have a flat every week. I can't be late every time for every meeting. I cannot. And when there's discipline required, if this meeting is for building a swimming pool, what are we going to talk about? The swimming pool. It's not time to discuss your golf day. All right. There's something about being disciplined in the topic and what God is purposeful. You'll see now. I'm going to show you this. Listen to this now. So he went out the ninth hour and the sixth hour and likewise. And about the eleventh hour he went out and others standing idly said to him, Why have you been standing here idle all day? So they said to him, Because no one has hired us. And he said to them, You also go into the vineyard and whatever is right you will receive. So in the evening, the 11th hour is about 5 o'clock. 12 hours, 6 o'clock. All right. So when the evening had come, the owner of the vineyard said, so 6 o'clock comes, to his steward, call the laborers and give them their wages, beginning with the last to the first. Can you see that Jesus is very specific in what he's saying here? He's very specific. I say, I want to start off the last guys, not the first guys, the last guys. I want to show you something about the kingdom. And then those who were hired about the 11th hour, they each received a denarius. Now, does that sound fair? 
It doesn't sound fair. The one guy's been living 12 hours, he gets a denarius. The other guy's living one hour, he gets a denarius. Does that sound fair? Now, Jesus is not busy with socialism. Socialism is a, from the pits of hell. Okay? Anyone that's pro-socialism? Who has prayed this prayer before? Lord, please make me humble. Just put up your hand if you've ever prayed that prayer before. All right? I want to tell you, please make me humble. Can you hear me? Okay. If you've prayed that prayer, it's unbiblical. The Word of God says, humble yourself under the hand of the Lord. Hello? Oh Lord, make me humble. Good, must I embarrass you in front of people? Must I give you lack to humble? No, no. That's not how God deals. He says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Now what does that mean? It's very easy. This is grade one math. Everybody can understand that. Whatever this word of God says, that's it. Anywhere you argue with this word, okay, is pride. Everywhere you've got an opinion or a feeling that's above this word, is pride. Humble yourself. It's very difficult. I'm talking to myself as well. Because um, who stands in the mirror and says, you're anointed. You're a gift from God. Who does that every morning? Okay? None of us. We don't feel like that, do we? We don't feel like we're so gifted and anointed and a gift to the world and send here. We don't feel that. That is a sign of that we need to humble ourselves under the hand of the Lord. He says it, that you are anointed, called for a time like this, sent to this earth for a time like this. You're a gift for a time like this. Are you following what I'm saying? All right. You see, Jesus is not promoting socialism here. He's promoting His kingdom. In God's kingdom, you and I do not have a vote. You don't have a say in God's kingdom. The king talks, you listen. All right. So if the king says you get married beforehand and you argue with that, you need to humble down to the hand, Lord. Very easy. If the king says you be sober and vigilant because the devil is walking around like a lion seeking whom he may devour, and you say, well, I'm just tipsy. We need to humble ourselves. Oh, Lord, humble. No. It's a choice to humble ourselves. See, my son comes to me and says, Daddy, but you can do whatever you want to in our house. you the head of the house. All the head of the house is just put up their hands. Okay? I've got news for you. You're not the head of the house. Jesus is. All right? You see, when you understand that you are under authority, you've got authority. So I'm standing there, say, son, let me draw you a picture on the fridge. Yeah, is Jesus, the Word, right here on top. Then me, and then your mother, and then the lot of you. Okay? I can't do whatever I want to. I can't treat my wife the way I want to treat her. I can't talk to her like whatever I feel like talking to her. I can't treat my finances the way I want to treat my finances. I'll do it my way. 
God do that. I'm under authority. And then my wife is under me. Now, a lot of women don't like this because we live in such woke times. So, 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 so. You know? Now, don't eat meat. Now, we don't eat meat. The doctor said we mustn't eat meat. Jesus says, eat it and kill and eat. Submit. Humble yourself. You see, this Bible says, in the last days, there will come people that teach you, do not eat this and do not eat that. It's a demonic spirit coming into the world, telling people what not and what to eat. Food's for the stomach and stomach's for the food. Eat and be merry, says the Lord. All right? No one said, go chow so much bacon. I say, well, why do I have cholesterol? You know? No one said that. You can eat normal portions and exercise. There's a bit of gain. Not Paul says there's some gain in exercise. Not a lot, some. Quality of life and energy. All right. Let me just come back to where I was now. Babasak. Oh, being the head of the family. Jesus is the head of the family. The wife is not the head of the family. Yes, there are men that need to step up. That need to pull up their socks, tighten their belts, get some spine, and do the right thing and follow the Lord. Here's the one thing that you must understand. I'm going to love this day. I'm going to love this day. I'm going to see so many people get so upset. But are they going to blow it? I can see it happening. Because they're going to come into heaven, and the Lord is going to go to the man and say, what did you do with the family that I gave you? And the wife that I gave you. He's not going to go to the woman. And have you seen them feminists explode right there? Kaboof. It's like, whoa, do you, know who, do you know who you're going to talk to? Who is going to ask you to give an account? It's not some Mickey Mouse president that was voted in by the most votes with a crooked voting system. Okay? That they bought each vote with a t-shirt. Okay? It's the king of kings and the lord of lords who's got fire in his eyes. And like this, he puts demons and devil and people in hell. And he says, go to hell. Like that. And no one can say anything. Actually, when they start thinking of him in the dark realm, their pants shake. This is who we're going to stand in front. It's the king of kings. It's not a Mickey Mouse Jesus. It's not a blue-eyed Jesus that's coming back. It is an absolute warrior that's coming back. He's got a sword in his hand that cut between your spirit and your soul. Between bone and marrow. Nothing and no one will be able to stand and say, Well, excuse me, you honor. Well, only the Lord can judge me. Who are you to judge me? Do you know what you're doing? Do you know who you are provoking? It's the King of Kings. But we don't understand it because we don't understand kingdom. A king says, this is how these subjects listen. And if they didn't, didn't listen in those days where kings lived on the earth, okay, go to the gelatine. Off. Goodbye. All right. So what's he doing here? He's saying, my kingdom, 
I do the way I want to do it. And the subjects fall in. The subjects fall in. Listen to what he says. But when he first came, they supposed, but when the first came, they supposed that they would receive more and likewise received each of the denarius. And when they had received it, they complained against the landowner. And then the landowner says to them, These last men have worked only one hour and you have made them equal to us with, who bore the burden and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. I'm not doing anything wrong to you. Do you not agree with me? Did you not agree with me for denarius? Did you not this morning say, yes, I'll work for denarius? Yes, I did. Okay, so I'm not doing any harm to you. Take what is yours and go your way. I wish, I wish to give the last man the same as to you. It is, is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own things? Or is your eye evil? That evil is malicious, devilish, um, sadistic. That's what that word means. You are evil because I am good. So the last will be first and the first last. For many are called, but few are chosen. Now let's just stop at called and chosen for a second. God calls everybody. Those that choose to be obedient become the chosen. Very easy. Okay? If somebody comes and says, well, there is an elective theology, then what child is going to go to heaven? If you've got two children, you've got two children, eh? I'm going to use you as an example. Can I use them as an example? Now there's an elective theology that God only elects some. Which one of the two is he electing? Now I can't preach the gospel. For Jesus died for the whole world. God so loved the world that he gave his only book. And in you, Abraham, all the nations will be saved. You cannot have a theology of selection elected. Oh, I choose you, but you can't come now. Because who then says, I can come? Am I elected? Lord, am I just working because I love you, but I'm not elected? No, no. Everybody is called, those who choose to be obedient, those are the chosen people. Kingdom principle. Kingdom principle. All right. And now, this obviously talks about salvation. Can you gather that? It talks about salvation. It, Fani, my, one of my mentors, he gave his life to the Lord when he was four years old. Four years old. He made a conscious decision. He understood it. His father explained it to him. He prayed. He surrendered his life. He asked Jesus into his life. He has been serving the Lord since the age of four. He's never gone astray. He's got a baby face. Okay? Fine has always been there. But he's buried many, many people that at the age of 99 with their last heartbeat surrendered their life to Jesus. You see, when we have our focus on being grateful because we could have been unsaved. See, a lot of people die and don't go to heaven. You know that good people don't go to heaven. All right? All the people that support the SPCA, they're not necessarily going to heaven. 
Right? All the people that are giving money to feed some person up in Uganda, okay, he's not necessarily going to heaven. Right? All the people are putting up um, refugee camps in you know, Timbuktu or wherever, they're not necessarily going to heaven. And when there's a natural disaster and they go in and they help clean up and they get people from the rubble, good people, am I right? They're not necessarily going to heaven because believers in Jesus Christ go to heaven. You cannot earn your way into heaven. Now this talks about salvation. First and foremost, first and foremost, Ted Bundy, serial rapist of women and children, I don't know exactly how many people. Would you like to see him in heaven? Be honest. No, you would not like to see him in heaven because he really did atrocious stuff. Yet on death row, he surrendered his life to Jesus. Guess who's going to be in heaven? Ted Bundy. And the fact that we don't want to, we don't want to see that. We don't want to see them. It says, is your heart evil because I am good? And suddenly I'm standing accused. I'm standing there. Oh, I might have missed it. You see, the minute we take our eye off the prize, we start doing what these people do. We start becoming critical. We start becoming judgmental. But how can you make them equal to us? We've been doing it for so long. We've been working. Now just, just, just walk with me. If you've been doing something for years and years, and I come along and do it for the first time, am I going to make mistakes? Is my woodwork going to be as neat as your woodwork? Definitely not. Okay? So now there's... Two ways to react. The first is, let me just tell you, that is a piece of crap. Eh? Please stop wasting good wood like that. Okay. It's expensive, and those trees are beautiful. For you to come and ruin that wood like that, rechtig, ne? there's a specific place in hell for people like that. Ne? There are people that feel about wood like that. Ne? And wood's nice, it's beautiful. Or you can come alongside and say, listen, I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. Scala built slideshows for a living. I'm not good at slideshows. So he's got two ways to react. You can come and criticize the way I do the slideshows. Say, oh, it's the wrong font, you know. You can never use that font. It strains the eyes. And that's too small or it's too big. And who uses that for a background? Really? They've got no sense of color? Pathetic. Or, you know what, I've been doing slideshows a long time. Can I help you with yours? You see, this is the next phase of the scripture. The next level of the scripture is the laborers in the field. The guys that have been working from the morning, they know how to prune. The guy that started just now is going to learn how to prune. If the guy from the morning starts criticizing the guy from the afternoon, he's taken his eye off the price, he's become critical, and he is saying that you work for me and not for Jesus. Now, I might do stuff, or that person might do stuff that you don't quite like. Well, 
You cannot come in the kingdom of God. Listen, I want you to write this down in your heart, in your mind. Get it in your You cannot come to a laborer in the kingdom of God with an earthly principle. Do you follow that? When you come to somebody in the kingdom of God, working in the kingdom of God, you've got to come with a kingdom principle. Let me explain to you like this. Years ago, there was this preacher that led a mafia guy to the Lord. This mafia guy had some pops, some caps, intimidated some people, took their money off them, and then that. He got saved, radically saved. The burden of all his sin washed away. Who's experienced that? The absolute freedom of being saved. Who has experienced that? Being washed clean. All right? That is magnificent. This mafia guy said, we've got to build a church. The world's got to find out. We've got, we got to build a church right here. I'm going to get all these gangster mafia oaks to come to church. They need to experience what Jesus can do for me. The preacher said to him, it's 100%. I agree with you. How are you going to do it? How are you going to raise it? It's not a problem. I'm going to build a casino. <laughs> you cannot come with an earthly principle into the kingdom of God and build a casino to fund it. Do you follow? You have to come with a kingdom principle. No, son. We're going to pray, we're going to trust the Lord, and we're going to sow some seed. And we're going to labor, and we're going to be punctual, and we're going to be on time, and we're going to walk in integrity, and we're going to trust the Lord. He is our provider. This is how we work in the kingdom of God. Now, if you sit there and you discuss, let me put it this way. Let me put it, who never makes a mistake? He who does nothing and takes no ownership of anything. He who does nothing and takes no ownership of anything never makes a mistake. If you take no ownership, you will probably not, man, never make a mistake. You'll never know what it is to grind out an idea, to walk a path in God's kingdom and work for it. No, you, you can't. You'll never make a mistake because you'll never have to work with people and find different opinions because they all come to you from the book of opinions. All right? You can't. I want you to see, when these people started to speak to this, say, we disagree, he said to them, how did he speak to them? Did they belittle them? Did he belittle them? Oh, you know, you've got to get out, you. Oh, I'm excited. I'm done. Or did he say, friend, I'm doing you no harm. This guy is up here. The employees are down here. He's not talking down to them. That's a kingdom principle. The minute you talk down to people, it tells me you do not understand the kingdom of God. The minute you come with aggression, you're talking down to that. Now that's difficult. Who agrees with me? It's difficult. It's, it's not an easy thing. But guess what? If you come to me and you speak to me nice, but you go to him and you speak ugly to him, this is called manipulation and intimidation and control. You see, the person, the lowest that you can speak to with dignity and value and not be little and not break down, because guess what? They're working where? In the kingdom. They're working in the vineyard. They are doing their level best. 
Monday experts, very easy. Oh, you should have done that, you know. I know better. That's a Monday expert. They 99% of the time do not take responsibility or not doing anything. They're just sitting, finding fault with other people. You're doing it this way. You're doing it that way. Oh, can't do Oh, no, the way she dresses. Oh. Kingdom principle. When you see people labor in the kingdom of God, you can either join them, all right, or come against them. If you come against them, you have become an enemy, the tool of the devil. If you come with your opinion, well, I don't agree with you, Solitaire, because, you know, I feel, I feel, you become a tool in the enemy's hand. One, ha Solitaire didn't do that, by the way. <laughs> One has to come with a kingdom principle to a kingdom laborer. Does that make sense? You have to come and show that to the person. Listen, let me show you something. See how this guy is talking to the people that are coming against him? He's calling them friend. I'm doing you no harm. He has your monies. Be on your merry way. Be on your merry way. Just tell me quickly. Merry Christmas. Is that not the wife of Santa Christmas? Santa Claus. Huh? Merry Christmas. Santa Claus. Iemand lach net bykie man. Yes, like you. I'm going to get a board up here. Laugh now. So what I want to share with you, the first thing is that one needs to be sure that you are saved. Are you sure of your salvation this morning? This is what this scripture is first and foremost about. I want you to close your eyes. We're not going to finish the service now. I want you to close your eyes. I want us a belief. Can, can we have integrity on this one? I want to be sensitive here. With every eye closed. If you are not sure whether if you die now that you will go to heaven, please will you look at me. If you're not sure, I'm not going to ask you to come to the front. I'm not going to ask you to stand on your chair. Are you, if you are not sure, donkey, 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 donkey. Okay. This is what the Bible says. I'm going to show you what the Bible says. You can open your eyes. Please put it on the board for me. John 1, 12. I want to show you something of the Scripture. And those of you that know it, it's fine. We're going to come to the second part now. But I want to show you this from the Scripture because a lot of people stumble over this. They don't understand the kingdom. They don't understand entering the kingdom. They don't understand salvation. John, say two, Bible's form with the mark. John 1, 12. I'll read it to you from my Bible so long. Is that okay? Can we do this, everybody? Can we do this? All right. There are six people here that if they die now, go to hell. That have looked at me. The Bible says that if you're unsure, then you are not saved. 
Because you can be sure that you're sure. Your spirit testifies of the Holy Spirit that you have been born again. So if we're unsure, do you understand the seriousness of this? Can you understand the seriousness? This is the laborers standing in the marketplace. No one's employed them. No one's gone to them and said, I want to show you the word of God. I want to show you how you can earn heaven's minimum wage. And that is eternal life. And maybe it will open some of the other eyes as well. But as many as received him, that's Jesus. So as many as received Jesus, not given their heart, you're not saved by what you give, you're saved by what you receive. As many as receive Jesus, to them he gave the right to become children or God's children. To those who believe in Jesus name what must you believe you must believe that he's born of a virgin you must believe that he lived sinless you must believe that he died on a cross in your place you must believe that he's descended into hell you must believe that he rose from the dead and you must believe that Jesus is God you must believe that go to John three sixteen, please I want you to see this. This is how God employs. This is how He says, come work in my vineyard. John 3, 16. Johannes 3, 16. Everybody knows this, but I want to explain it to you. I want you to get this. This is so, so important. So you can see, I'm not standing on one verse, but multiple verses. Are we ready? Okay. For God so loved the world. Are you part of the world? Okay, he's not talking about the grass out there and the trees and the monkeys. Okay, he's talking about people. People get saved. This earth will go to nothing. Everything in this earth will be exactly like Noah's flood. It will be drowned out. And the only ark is the ark of Christ where only people can go in who believe. Okay, so everything else is a far second place in God's eyes. It is your soul, your spirit that he's after. For God the Father so loved you, you, me, the world, that he gave his only son, Jesus, okay, that whoever believes in Jesus should not go to hell, perish, but have heaven's eternal minimum wage, have eternal life. Okay? I'm now being evangelical. All right. Go to Romans 10, verse 9 and 10. I want you to see this. I want you to see this is kingdom. This is how you can go out and employ. This is how we can make sure that everybody in this place is saved. Okay. Romans 10, verse 9. 9 and 10. I'll start quoting from verse 8 while they get it on. But what does it say? The word is near you. The word that we preach is in your mouth and it's in your heart. Okay? That if you, this is verse 9, okay? Romans 10, 9. That if you confess with your mouth 
that Jesus is Lord, the Lord Jesus, that Jesus is Lord, Lord is superior authority. The whole Old Testament talks about the Lord your God, Jesus your God, the Lord your God, Jesus your God, that you would confess with your mouth and believe with your heart that He died and the Father raised Him from the dead. That if you confess with your mouth, that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you could, might, maybe one day, if, no, 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 this is German language. Well, I want to hear only one click. Will be saved. Not one of these verses talks about if, buts, or maybes. Every single one of them talks about you will be saved. Tell me quickly, how many of them spoke about sin? Not one. Okay, people get so hung up on their sin. I can't be saved. God can't forgive me. God has got a sock with your sin. I don't care what you've done. If you've been Ted Bundy's half-brother, he doesn't care about what you have done. He says, if you will believe that Jesus paid the price for that sin, and you receive Him into your heart, you will be saved with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. This is why we pray it constantly. So repetition breeds revelation. Repetition breeds revelation that I am a child of God. If you are born again, your nature changes. You cannot be born again and walk with the same nature out that door. Then you're not born again. Then you might have repented. But when Jesus comes into His temple, I want you to see that. When Jesus walks into His temple, He sees the tables with the money changes, the opinions and the feelings and the sin and the cheating. You can, you can go and dissect all of that by yourself. He walks in. What does He do? He takes the tables and He throws them over. All right, where is God's temple now? Your heart. When the king of kings walks in, what does he do with the tables in your heart? He throws them over. So all the hurt, the resentment, what your dad did, your mom did, your uncle did, that guy stole, this one did. They were off from the tafel up. All the rejection, all the sin, all the pain. It's off the table and the king of kings says, my house, my temple will be a house of prayer. And suddenly what will happen? You would automatically start praying. Your nature will change. And it won't be rub it up, dub, thanks for the grub prayers anymore. It won't be. It will not be prayers. It will be prayers that come from a well that's deep inside of you because deep cries out to deep. And my spirit testifies with the Holy Spirit that I'm born again. And the Holy Spirit comes in and he says, where you can't even mutter, the Holy Spirit will start speaking with groanings and speaking tongues and these things will come out and you will wake up in the middle of the night praying and your body will convulse because your spirit's longing for the Spirit of God. And it quickens you. And you will slowly but surely and sometimes very fast beat sin every time. Every time. You will start beating sin. You'll Blutnius, Mike Tyson, left hooks every time. Why? Because the spirit that is in you is greater than that which is in the world. 
Now you're more than a conqueror. You're no longer a victim of what happened yesterday and last week and my aunt and my sissy and my tani, my womb and the molester and the thief. You're no longer a victim. It no longer defines you. You are but right to remind you. But with my God, I can storm a troop. I can jump over a wall. He slays t- a thousand on my left and 10,000 on my right. Come on, church. Now, what did it say? Oh, but my sin. No. He says, will you say with your mouth and believe with your heart that Jesus rose and he is Lord. Amen. That's it. This is how it sounds. Pray with me if you want to. Dear Lord Jesus, I receive you into my heart. I believe with my whole being that I am destined for hell. But you paid the price. And I'm no longer going there. Because I believe that you died and rose again. And you, Jesus, you are Lord. Thank you for saving me now. That from today, I am child of God. You give me that right. Holy Spirit, come live in me. Come fill me. Pour out the love of God in my heart. Baptize me with your spirit, Jesus. I ask this in Jesus' name. Thank you that you baptize me. Thank you that you fill me. Thank you that you anoint me. Thank you that my name is written in your palms. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you've prayed that prayer with the little bit, least amount of faith that you can muster, the Word of God says, you are saved. He has employed you. End of story. That's salvation. Nothing to do with sin, because the confession of sin doesn't save me. The confession of Christ saves me. Confession of sin washes me. Now, the second part of this verse that we've dealt with is working in God's vineyard. I want you to understand this. If you are busy criticizing anybody, you are not working in his vineyard. Okay? Because laborers don't have time to criticize. They've got their eyes on the prize and they're working. They're working. Now, here's the thing God is not confused. He's not confused. If He has given you a voice to sing, I'm using you as an example. Okay? He does not, he, he's not planning for you to play golf and hit a thousand rands balls a month out. Basli Bala, all of them are gone. That's not golf. That's hit and find. Slane and sook. Okay? I can say it in Afrikaans. But we're in a church now. (laughs) If you can sing like an angel and you're hitting the balls away, you're missing what God's called you. God's called you to come and worship. You see, God wants to activate us in His kingdom. He wants to activate us in His kingdom. He wants you to take responsibility for something. He wants you to take ownership for something. God wants you to be activated in His kingdom. And if you can play golf and sound like a crow, please don't come and ask us to tell you no. That even rhymed. (laughs) Okay? Don't, Don't come. 
to ask us, oh, can I sing? He's like, okay, please sing. You sound like me. You know, like, no. Your gifting is to go play golf. And when you play golf, work in his vineyard. Can I tell you about Jesus? Okay. Can I tell you about Jesus? All these holy ones are going to be nothing unless we got that one in heaven. Or maybe you're at a school. Maybe you're working at a school. You see, it doesn't have to be extravagant. Maybe you're just a mechanic. Can you, are you telling your customer about Jesus? When it comes to collecting, you're blessing him, working in his vineyard. All right? And those that want to criticize, they're not your boss. They're not your master. Jesus is. And he does not criticize. And he does not skin it about you. He's the spirit of truth. He'll speak to you. He does not need me to come and tell you, tease. Hold on. The floodgates are opening. He can use me to confirm. But he will not use me to come and criticize your effort and your hard work and what you're trying to achieve. He won't. This is prophetic. He won't do that. And every time that voice rises up, whether from external or internal, you need to rebuke it. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. That they will rebuke every tongue that rises up in condemnation and judgment. For their righteousness is of me, says the Lord. It's of me, says the Lord. And you are standing in His righteousness. You rebuke. And you need to start speaking to them fig trees that you no longer want to eat of. You need to start telling those fig trees to dry up and shut up. Because in our kingdom, we talk to trees we don't like. And they gaan weg. We tell mountains to move, and they move. We tell valleys to raise up, and we tell dry bones to come alive. And you speak to them. God has anointed you. You need to open your mouth. Stop looking at other people. Stop comparing. Stop worrying about what you're feeling. How up. All right? Jesus didn't go to a cross and say, I don't feel like it. Ow. No, he didn't say a word. You speak to the fig trees. You speak to the criticism. You see, when we start working, God has gifted you. God has gifted you. He wants to activate you into his kingdom. He wants you to work in his vineyard. What are you doing? That's the question I want to send you home with today. What? are you doing in his kingdom and i'm not talking flashy it can be a small thing but god has gifted to you something to do in his kingdom are you doing it are you doing it? are you obedient to what he's called you he has not called you to be a judge he's not called you to be criticism he has not called you to break down he's not called you for any of that he's called you to lift up build up and take responsibility and ownership monday experts are not deployed in God's kingdom. They're not. Now some of us have come to a place where we physically cannot do something physical. Then we've got another category. We've got the senders and the goers. And if you can't physically go, you better start sending some people. You better start sending some people. How do we send for the kingdom? Sorry I'm going long, but I'm passionate this morning. Okay. Send. How do you send people? There's only one way to send people. Go. Do it. You buy into a vision. 
You buy into something. You say, I'm going to send you. I can't physically go. I'm bopped down on my farm. That's my calling. I'm farming. God's placed this in my hands from a young man, and I've grown it like nobody would have ever expected. God's done that for you. He's not expecting you to pack up and go to Zambia now to become a missionary. He has gifted you with the ability to grow that business where it is. That's what he's gifted you. I'm doing this for the kingdom of God. You run your business according to your kingdom, and you start sending. You start praying. You know how difficult it is to criticize people you're truly praying for? If you're truly praying for somebody, it's very difficult to criticize. Why? Because the Spirit of God will put you in their shoes. And you will start understanding their struggles and their internal insecurities. And your heart will start breaking for those people. And you will start praying. And you would start speaking life over them. And you would quiet mouths that say, well, you'd make they still. My mentor, Fani, no one dares say a negative word about that man to me. They don't. That door's closed. You cannot say something. It's Fani perfect. Has he made mistakes? Of course he has. Has he done stuff that I didn't like? Yes, he has. Not one word will I tolerate from any person. The minute they open their mouths and start just saying this little bit, I say, excuse me, lay still. That man is anointed of God and I've got his back. That's principle the kingdom of god i want you to go home and think where must i get involved in god's kingdom what has he equipped me to do and what and when am i going to start doing it let's close our eyes and we pray together father we thank you for your word and maybe it's a stern word lord but this morning we want to be we want to be obedient we don't want to come with our feelings to your kingdom with where we are led by faith and not by feelings not by sight, but by faith. Not by what we experience and what we feel and how we calculate in our mind and our interpretation, Lord. But by your word. And your word says that you have called us to be saved. And you want us to work in your vineyard. Holy Spirit, my prayer this morning as I bless your children. Is that you would reveal to us, each one, where you want us to work. Where you want us to get involved. I bless you this morning with the love of Lord Jesus Christ. Who called you into his kingdom. I bless you this morning with the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Him speaking to you what he needs you to do. I bless you this morning that you are the people with the right stuff inside of you. You've got the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Let's go have some coffee. God bless you guys.